0: Hello, friends. Welcome to episode 799 of the Lawton Hawks podcast. I am your host, Brad Rowland. It is Monday evening into Tuesday morning, and today's show will be uh, NBA draft-centric, I would say, in advance of the lottery, because as I am recording this on Monday, August 10th, we are 10 days, yes, 10 days away from the NBA draft lottery. I know it's not the draft just yet. The draft's still two months away, but something is actually on the calendar that involves Atlanta Hawks and that is cause for celebration. So most of what today's podcast will be is me answering um, some mailbag questions about the draft, as well as uh, one bit of rumor ish news. And uh, to start with though, one very quick news item is that Shamsarania reported formally on Monday that the NBA is planning to hold the draft lottery virtually. That's not a surprise in any way, shape, or form, but all 14 team representatives will be appearing on the screen apparently via virtual display. Again, this is not a surprise. I've always, uh, I think everyone's assumed this is going to be virtual for quite some time now. There's no real upside to having everybody in the same room. So there you go on that. But a virtual lottery will be happening again in 10 days as I'm recording this right now. Um, first thing is not really a, a question to answer necessarily mailbag wise, but it was something that I was asked about multiple times in messages and comments, et cetera. So I wanted to go ahead and tackle it. Now, uh, there was a piece from Chris Kirchner of the athletic over the weekend, or at least late last week that had kind of a big board that he had put together about the NBA draft and the Hawks. I'm not going to spoil all of that here because it was of course, behind the paywall, But there was one portion of it that got heavily aggregated nationally, made some national headlines, made some of the blogs, and a few people were asking me about it, so I wanted to go ahead and reply to those here. Um, So basically, uh, I'll go ahead and read the passage to you now. That's probably the best way to go about this, and uh, is to just do that (laughs) right here and now. And the passage is, quote, There are some folks inside the organization who firmly believe that LaMelo Ball is the best prospect in this draft class, and it's not close. There are others who are against taking him because of the fit with Trey Young, end quote. Um, From there, Kirshner uh, cites the obvious defensive questions as one of the big reasons for the hesitation on that side of the aisle of of sorts. And then he also says that from what he is hearing, LaMelo Ball is, quote, not a total cross-off for the Hawks, end quote. Now, none of that is surprising to me in terms of the reaction. Um, Intel has been difficult to come by right now. When it comes to the Hawks and really across the league about the draft, it's still so early in a lot of the, a lot of the leagues in the bubble, et cetera, et cetera. But and honestly, it's even early at this at this point in time. I've heard them. I've heard some things that I'm not comfortable sharing. It's just one of those things where you hear stuff, you can't confirm it. Don't want to share it in public, et cetera, et cetera. It's just kind of the the gig that I am doing at this point in time. And it's still very early. I'm mean, again, even with the lottery coming, you still have two months till the draft. With all that said, it makes perfect sense to me to see it's sort of a divide with the mellow ball, especially with regard to the Hawks. I think we've illustrated on the podcast too, like with certain guests that I've had on. And again, I think all the people that I've, I've had on the podcast talk about the draft are all smart people. Um, but, uh, some of them are pretty opposed to the idea of ball and Troy young. Others like it a lot and would take uh, LaMelo at number one overall. So there is a, definitely a split there. I would say across the league. So this, uh, this makes quite a bit of sense. Um, Again, just to sort of reaffirm what I think about Lamelo Ball, and I think it's clearly a spot in which people can see this differently. I have Ball number one overall on my draft board in terms of just non-Hawks. That's overall NBA, but I have acknowledged that I would probably take Anthony Edwards with the Hawks at number one overall. I'm not married to that. I've, I would definitely consider Lamelo Ball. I think he's that good of a prospect compared to the rest of this class. But Edwards is just a, more of a natural fit, obviously. I Definitely would not criticize the Hawks for taking the mellow ball. And number one, or number two, if they had the chance to do that. Um, But even I would acknowledge, even with that said, that it's sort of a tricky fit in some ways. You have to believe, if you're going to take the mellow ball, if you're the Hawks anyway, that you can. Uh, work him off the ball a little bit, and you also think that you have to uh, believe his defense at least to some degree because of Trey Young and the fit well there. Obviously, Trey Young can play off the ball as well, but ultimately Trey Young is so good on the ball that you don't want to take him off the ball too, too much. And Lamelo right now is a pretty much a, a pure, a pure um, on ball player. So all that to say, you know, I, I kind of buy Ball's defense due to his length and his general basketball acumen. I'll say. But there are definitely some things um, that you have to assume about his defense to uh, get to a reasonable level, because right now it's bad, and that's not really up for debate. I do think that it's workable, because he is so long, and he is smart, but it's just uh, one of those things that you can't be too, too sure about. Um, so yeah, overall, I agree with the sentiment, basically, um, in terms of the front office and the uh, and, and the split that is reportedly there. And again, I think my personal opinion is that he is the best prospect, best prospect in his class, and uh, as a result of that, I would take him very, very highly as the Hawks. I also understand the hesitance, though, and the fit is not, like, great. It's just one of those things that's just not, perfe- it's not perfect. I think it's obviously more natural with Edwards. If you think Edwards and Ball are in the same tier, you would lean to Edwards for the fit reasons, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So obviously we'll touch on this more if we need to, especially if the Hawks are, were to win the lottery or finish in the top two or three of the lottery. But um, alas, uh, that discussion might be coming uh, coming and going quickly if the Hawks fall to like five or six, because at that point in time, the middle is going to be gone. So this might be just a pre-lottery discussion. We'll have to touch on that as we get going here. But I wanted to address what was actually a a rumor that made the round. So there you go on that. Okay, before we get to the next question on the agenda, a word from the good folks at cbdmd.com. It doesn't matter if you're a professional athlete, a stay-at-home parent, Or if you spend eight hours a day in an uncomfortable office chair, everyone needs support to make it through the day. Luckily, our friends at CBDMD have an amazing duo that can help you relax, regroup, and recharge when life gets chaotic. First, there's a product called CBD Freeze with menthol. And it's award-winning, and it offers instant cooling relief for muscles and joints and a convenient and easy-to-use roller or shareable squeeze tube. From there, they also have CBD Recover, which combines CBD with inflammation-fighting compounds like vitamin B6 to give you the support you need where it matters most. And to make it even easier to try this amazing duo of topicals and everything else that CBDMD has to offer, they are offering all of our listeners 25% off your next order when you use the promo code NBA at checkout. Once again, that's CBDMD.com, promo code MBA for 25% off your purchase of superior CBD oil products from CBDMD.com. All right, and we're back with one more, uh, one or two more questions, obviously. Yeah, the next question on the agenda is from Glenn. And by the way, that is not Glenn Willis, speech for Hoops. Shots to Glenn, who's been on this podcast before. But the question comes from Glenn, and he asks, if, if it were executed as a straight asset for asset swap, what do you think that Travis Schlenk and company might, would rate as acceptable comp- compensation in this draft in exchange for the Hawks' 2021 first-round pick? I understand this runs against conventional wisdom in this draft, but I find myself thinking that there might be some value to cutting against the grain here. Um, Interesting question here from Glenn, and I think Glenn and everyone else knows that listens to this podcast regularly knows how I feel about this draft. It's not very good. Uh, This class is not great. Uh, There is some value to be had, but still not a great class overall. And because of that, I would be very, very wary of trading a 2021 pick in a much better draft to get back into the 2020 draft. Um, I think the first thing to consider, though, to answer the question is to uh, project the value of the Hawks pick for next year. And that means trying to figure out what the Hawks are going to be able to do next year on the court. Uh, it is very hard, of course, to do that before free agency, and with all of the draft and all the uncertainty that's going to be happening here. I think most people in the league that I've talked to would project the Hawks as a team that's going to be competing potentially for the eight seed next year. Maybe not the favorite for it, and obviously that might change depending on what they do this offseason. But right now, today, as much as you possibly can project, the Hawks would be somewhere in that like eight to ten, eight to eleven range in the Eastern Conference in most projections. Um, that, again, could change, but there you go. That's the consensus that I've probably gathered to this point in time. So, even if they fall short of the 8th seed, they still would be a like back half of the lottery team versus the top half of the lottery right now. So, keep that in mind. Um, but even then, still like a element of major risk if you're talking about dealing a pick in next year's draft, even with light protections or no protections, because if the Hawks miss the playoffs, they could get lucky in the lottery and you lose a uh, pick that becomes uh, a really, really bad loss in terms of value if you were to trade it to get back into this draft. So, Ultimately, pick protection would be crucial. And under this scenario that I that I've been asked about here, there is obviously huge upside at the top of next year's draft. Kay Cunningham as the headliner there, but plenty of guys who would be contention to go number one overall this year that are in next year's draft right now. Also, it matters what you're getting if you're trading the pick for next year to get back into the draft this year. Um, are you getting a player like Akora or Vassell? And if you get somewhere like if you're one of those guys at like seven or eight that falls to you, and you want to jump back in the draft to get them that might be more defensible, but if you're trading to get back into something a little bit less exciting, I would be uh, far less enthused to do that. Also, there'll be potentially less information on next year's class because the college basketball season may not actually happen in full, could be impacted in a big way by COVID-19. It's obviously something we can't really know right now, but there's obviously going to be some uncertainty with regard to that as we get closer to next year's draft. And also, I mean, I guess there's the possible ones. Urgency to add another player to the pipeline now to be able to compete more quickly. I do think that trading for another pick in this draft specifically would would be better than using the pick to trade up in this draft. I would. You could probably convince me more on multiple swings in this draft than actually trading up and using multiple assets to go up in this class. Even then, I don't love either one of those. Frankly, I pretty much wouldn't include next year's um, first round pick unless it was like heavily protected to move up in this class, and even then I would shy away from that just in general. Um, I guess maybe if you could argue that the Hawks could go up to uh, to get Edwards specifically if you were in love with him, that would be the kind of guy that you might swing on because he actually does have star upside. But if you're trading for a role player, I wouldn't do that again. Um, so ultimately, again, if you told me the Hawks get something like the 8th pick in this draft, 7th pick in this draft, uh, for something like to draft Okoro or Vassell, and in, in exchange for that you could trade like a top 10 protected or maybe a lottery protected pick for next year, I would understand that. But that's not a team. That's not a deal that's going to be likely available to you. If you're being honest with it, with each other about that, usually you have to give up something of value um, in terms of the future asset to get um, sort of in, in the moment. Because um, the further you, that you get out, the value that pick usually drops a little bit in terms of real time trade value. Always something to keep in mind there. And honestly, I'd be really scared to part with a pick that could land anywhere in the top seven or eight of next year's draft. That's the big thing here is that I would be very protective of that. I'm not saying the Hawks are going to miss the playoffs, but it's at least going to be in play as of this moment, unless they have some drastic changes. They could, they, they certainly could miss the playoffs. And uh, I would not want to be trading a pick that could be a top six, seven, eight guy in next year's draft. There are so much talent right now in that class that you would not want to part ways with that pick for anything but a, a hefty ransom. So um, anyway, it's one of those things where... Uh, Ultimately, I don't like the idea that much of trading next year's pick to get it back in this year's draft, but I understand the question. I think it was pretty interesting from Glenn. So we could talk about that more later. Because honestly, the Hawks don't have a ton of future draft capital. They have their own picks, of course, and they have the one pick that's protected from Oklahoma City that we'll talk about. I'm sure we already have and will again in 2022, but not a ton of future capital. So that's a really valuable pick that they're probably going to need to restock the roster, if nothing else. Okay. We do have a little bit more to get to in a second, but before we get to that, a word from a sponsor on today's podcast, and that is MyBookie.ag. Say it with me now, sports are back. We've all been waiting for this day since March, and now that it's here, I've only got one thing on my mind. It's MyBookie.ag. MyBookie is a home run, a slam dunk, and a triple overtime game-winning shot, all wrapped into one, and has up to odds. On all your favorite teams, with basketball, baseball, soccer, and more underway, there's never been a better time to start playing. With MyBookie, it's really easy. You bet, you win, and they pay. Smart bettors are always looking towards the future. And in this case, that means all kinds of basketball, hockey, and football action. is taking bets on all your favorite NBA, NHL, and NFL games, and much, much more right now. There's never been a better time to start exploring the world of online sports betting. If you join today, MyBookie will match your first deposit 100%. Plus, they'll toss you a free bet of $10 on a baseball future. All you have to do... Is actually the promo code locked on NBA. That's promo code locked on NBA when signing up. Take advantage of this very generous offer. Remember, at MyBookie, the terms are very, very simple. You bet, you win, and they pay. All right. And the uh, last question that we'll tackle on today's podcast, another short one. I do have a, I promise I have a guest lineup. I don't want to tease that too much, but uh, for, for later in the week, but I wanted to uh, get another show out here. Trying to stick to this four or five days a week. It's a challenge with no basketball, but alas, here we are. Anyway. The last one uh, is sort of a combination of two questions that I got. They're very similar, so I combine them into one. One of them was a was a group of players that people were asking, at least one person was asking me to put an order for the Hawks in this draft. And the other one was more general and uh, basically asking what I think the Hawks should do if they get the sixth or seventh pick. And like the top five that we talk about a lot is gone. And that top five is LaMelo Ball, Anthony Edwards, uh, Killian Hayes. Isaac Okoro and Devin Vassell. Now, that's not a top five. That's a consensus top five. But because we talk so much about Okoro and Vassell from the Hawks, um, they're included in in that uh, list that I was asked about. So basically, I'll say this. I think I'd be pretty surprised if that was the top five. So if the Hawks were number six overall, they're probably going to have a chance at one of those guys. I'll say that. But in this scenario, we're assuming all five of those guys are gone. Keep that in mind. I think, uh, in general, the next six guys for me, assuming those top five are gone. Again, the five are Ball, Edwards, Hayes, Okoro, and Vassell. Take, the, take those guys away. Um, the next six guys for me in alphabetical order, again, I say alphabetical order, would be Denny Abdia, Tyrese Halliburton, Tyrese Maxey, Onyekke Kongwu, Obi Toppin, and James Wiseman in some order. Now, if you want to go to seven, I would probably say Cole Anthony, but I don't love that. I think there's probably a gap after that. I think Anthony's interesting in some ways. Um, people would maybe throw Aaron Smith or Patrick Williams in there if you are in love with one of those guys. But for me, it's those six. Again, Abdia. Halliburton, Maxi, Akongwu, Toppin, and Wiseman would be the next six for me after those other five guys. So that's kind of my top eleven right now for Atlanta in some order. Uh, we'll touch on a couple of these guys quickly. Obviously, we touched on these guys before, but just as a brief uh, sort of primer on these guys. Um, Avdia is the most natural choice in a lot of ways for the Hawks in this spot. If you take out Acorum, Vassell, etc., I know Chris Kresser of the Athletic is high on him for the Hawks. Um, That's an example of that. Um, And he's a player I think would fit well as a combo forward. I'm not enamored with his upside, honestly. Um, People seem to like it more than I do. I don't, like, love his skilling as an offensive creator. I'm not sold on his jump shot either. I think it actually looks better now. There's been a makeover on that. I think it might go in a little bit more, but it's still not a lock that it's going to be awesome as a shooter. Defensively, I think he's going to be pretty good, like pretty solid. But I don't don't think he has, like, super high upside defensively, either as more of, like, a playmaker or a lockdown guy. I think he's going to be an NBA player. But he might just be a rotation guy for me, which isn't like a terrible outcome in the middle or back half of the lottery. But you probably want to aim a little bit higher than that if you can. Um, I'm not in love with him, but I I do think that if you get something, you know, if you're at seven or eight and he's there, it's perfectly fine value. I have no problem with that whatsoever. Keep that in mind. I think, um, you know, I think I would probably have him behind a core Vassell, but nothing crazy in terms of the drop off after that. Then you have all the bigs. I'm going to lump those guys together in some ways right now with a Kongwu, Wiseman and Toppin in some order. I have Kongu the highest of the three, both for the Hawks and overall. I think there are fit concerns with all of these guys, obviously in Atlanta because of what Atlanta chose to do in the last year or so. Plus, John Collins already on the roster. I do think that Kong Wu is the one is one of the safer guys in the draft. I think he's upside to be like a really good starting center in the league, maybe even better than that. Um, he can play the four a little bit. I wouldn't like love doing that, but he certainly can do it. I think ultimately, um, for the Hawks, you know, you can always defend taking the best player available. That's something I will always say. Even you know, even if the fit's not great, et cetera, et cetera, and the Hawks have some fit stuff with a lot of guys, from mellow down to the bigs, et cetera, you could always defend. If you come out on draft night, if you're the GM, you say this is, this is the guy that we had top on our board. You can't really argue too much with that. Obviously, you can differ with the opinion on on the or the evaluation, but in terms of the logic, if you have a guy number one on your board, um, as that guy comes up, you kind of just got to take him in some respects. So, all that to say, I wouldn't love taking a big for the Hawks in the top seven, but if you're going to do it with a Kong Wu, I think he'd be the guy that I would take first. I also understand it with Wiseman too. I think there's obviously a segment of the population that really thinks that Wiseman's like a future star. I like his defense quite a bit as an upside play. Offensively, I'm more skeptical of Wiseman in a lot of ways. I do understand the fluidity that he has, the athleticism. He just looks great. He's a seven-footer that has freakish length and fluidity, but offensively, I don't really see it in a big way. I think, I think he can be pretty good on offense. but not going to be a star, in my opinion. Anyway, um, and then you have Toppin, who offensively, I think he's obviously not a center, by the way. And that's the way, I mean, I think he might be a center. I should say that. But the other two are centers, in my opinion. Obviously, Wiseman is a pure center. Okongwu is more of a center, in my opinion, than a four. I think Toppin's more of a four, probably. But defensively, I'm not really sure what you do with him. I will say this about that. Toppin's offense might be the safest side of the ball in the entire draft for anyone. I think he's going to be a good offensive player. Now, how good he is de- determines a lot, of the, a lot of the evaluation. Because if you think, if you think he's going to be just solid, um, that isn't as sexy. But if you think he can be an actual star on offense, that might swing the evaluation in some ways. Obviously, he's pretty old as well, which is a big factor. But uh, not one that is like crippling, necessarily. Uh, defensively, though, I'm pretty terrified. There are people that, you, that I trust, even, that think he could be an average defender. If you believe that about Toppin, I think he's pretty clear like a top five or six guy in the class. If you're more skeptical like I am, you you probably have him a little bit lower just because of the team building aspect. I think it's just hard to build with a guy who might be as bad as he is defensively at that position and even harder for the Hawks in that same spot, given what the Hawks already have with Trey and, and they also have guys ahead of him. Um, I've used John Collins as like a pretty good outcome for Obi Toppin, maybe like a high-end outcome for Obi Toppin and the Hawks already have that guy on the roster. So all that to say, I wouldn't take... Toppin in the top 7 or 8 for the Hawks, especially if my plan was to pay John Collins. If you decided to move on from John, which I'm not recommending, but if you certainly decided that, it would make a little bit more sense to go back and look at Topping more, more seriously. But if Collins is going to be on the roster long term and a pretty big number, I don't think I would go near Toppin at this pick. Um regardless, though, Toppin's a talented guy, and he's, he's a really interesting evaluation, so I uh, think he's kind of polarizing, but not too much. Even people that are skeptical about him usually have him as a lottery pick, so uh, that kind of tells you about, about his offense and how safe it projects to be. Um, after that, you have Halliburton and Maxi, which are uh, interesting. I think the internet is higher on Maxi than the NBA is. I guess they fall into that category. I like Maxi quite a bit. Uh, The Intel-based mocks, though, like ESPN and The Athletic, have him uh, as a late lottery, maybe even out of the lottery guy. That's too low for me, but at the same time, I'm not going to tell you he's like a lock lock for the top five or six either. I think he's going to be an interesting player in a lot of ways. I think it would work in Atlanta with what he brings to the table, but also he's probably a third guard in Atlanta. I'm not sure about the idea of Young and Maxi as a full-time starting backcourt together even though I do buy Max's defense on ones and twos. Um, I think he'll shoot it. I love his in-between game. Uh, I like him a lot, but I also see the skepticism as well. He got Kentucky this year. Kentucky's a tough evaluation place. We've seen guys going back to Devin Booker and uh, Bam Adebayo, of guys who just couldn't showcase all their skills at Kentucky. I'm not saying that's going to happen to Maxie, but you can certainly see that when compared to his high school film. And in college, so all that to say, I like him, but not someone that I would be like falling over to draft as the Hawks. And then you have Halliburton, who I'm lower on than the intel-based people are that have him like top five. At the same time, I've always liked him. I think he's really smart, like genius-level smart on the court. He's a great shooter. Um, he's a great passer, ball mover, ball mover type. I'm just not sure about the creation offensively as like a number one, um, or I should say, as a point guard type. And then defensively, I think off-ball stuff really good. fills the game well. But then uh, on ball defense is kind of a, kind of a question for me about um, Halliburton as well. So, I think he's a role player. That's not that's not a bad thing. People know that I love role players, but um, not someone that I'd be terribly enthused to draft. At the same time, if the Hawks took him seven, I wouldn't like lose my mind. I think it's perfectly defensible pick. I just not he's not the guy that I would be going with in that range. So, still two months left. I should say that is sort of an overall wrap up to this. Two months left. I'll watch more film. I'll change my mind. I'm sure on some of these guys a little bit because I, you know, as much as I've watched, I still haven't watched every single minute of every single guy on this list, and uh, and even deeper beyond that. Just to be honest with you, It's just not there's not enough hours in the day. So I'll still be watching more and more and more as we get closer. With that said, I still like a Coro and Vassell for Atlanta more than the guys I've talked about in this group. Um, I do have a Kongwu. Um at least at the same level, maybe even a little bit higher in a vacuum than a Cora MSL. But for Atlanta with the fit stuff, I think I'd lean to the wings before I went to a Kongwu. I still like a Kongwu though, and I would I would not be upset if they drafted him. I think he's good. Um, but anyway, this isn't a sexy answer, but overall, I would honestly understand choosing any of the 11, 12 guys that I've talked about in this answer, albeit in different ranges. Obviously, if the Hawks end up in the top three or four, you can't justify all these guys, in my opinion. If they end up at 6 or 7, they obviously have no chance at Edwards or Ball. So the list is going to change a little bit based on where they are in the lottery. Um, I've, I've said this before on the podcast. I'll say it again now. If the Hawks land at like 4 or 5, the, the whole board is just so wide open. Obviously, you could take out Ball and Edwards probably, but everybody else is in play in that spot. You get down to like 6, 7. I think Wiseman will probably be gone by then, uh, just based on the intel and how that might work. But some, one of the bigs will be gone. Obviously, you guys will get picked off. But if you end up at three, four, five, uh, a lot of uncertainty with all of what could happen for the Hawks. So. I will roll out a sort of a more definitive big board at some point closer to the draft about what I would do in order as the Hawks. Like last year, I did that and ended up um, not being perfect, but I think it was, uh, you know, interesting just sort of the way that I had it with, uh, I had DeAndre Hunter at, I believe, five and Cam Rush at six on my board, which, you know, worked out all right, I think so far for the Hawks. That was my Hawks specific big board. Um, You could have talked me into like Kobe White ahead of Cam um, in a vacuum, but not for the Hawks. So you know, this year I'll obviously build that out in the same way. Like I'll obviously have Cole Anthony lower. I'll obviously have Kyra Lewis lower for the Hawks because they just don't need guys like that, in my opinion. I mean, Anthony could play with Trey, but Kyra is a point guard, etc. Same thing with um, the lower tier big men. I wouldn't draft those guys as high. But anyway. Um, I will roll that out closer to the draft, but hopefully that answers the question, at least the combined questions that I was asked on this podcast. And as a reminder, one more time, we still have two months left, so uh, my opinion might change. I will go ahead and tell you now that I will probably change something in my evaluation of somebody between now and the draft. That is the nature of the game, even with this extremely long draft cycle. So all that to say, thank you for listening to the podcast today. Please subscribe to the podcast if you've not done that already. Uh, I Thank you, thank you, thank you if you've already subscribed to the podcast. Um, If you already have... Pick another, uh, another network to go ahead and do that on. So if you're already a listener on Spotify, go to Apple Podcasts or go to Stitcher or Player.fm or whatever podcast platform that you enjoy. You can do multiple if you want to just game the system for me. Unsubscribe or resubscribe, all that fun stuff. Leave five-star feedback, tell a friend, and we'll see everybody later on in the week.